Stephen Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our mystery producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm like, excited to sit down and talk to you, Will, but um, I really could care less about that. 75% of the things on this rundown. <laughs> <laughs> well, way to give the listener something to look forward to. <laughs> well, they know me. They know what to expect. They know yeah, but if there's, if, there's, think... if there's their first time listening to the podcast, they don't know you. But I guess not. Oh. They do. <laughs> well, you know what? Go back and listen to previous podcasts. Like, I think some of our listeners know what they're going to get from me. If I don't yeah. like something, I will say it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I will I, mock it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. I know. And and I try, I am I am the same way. So where where do you where do where do we want to start tonight? Well, the good thing, well, seventy five percent of the rundown is the things that people have probably heard a lot about, but we're gonna give our little spin on it. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, we do have a bunch of news, not like big things that we have to spend hours talking about, although like the first thing I feel mm-hmm. like we talk about at least once a month um, because Will always likes to tell me this is the new Feige of DC yeah. before anything has happened, like all it's been is confirmed and then Will's automatically anointing the person. Um, I feel like if DC Studios only knew Will that you did this, yeah. they would probably call you up and be like, can you please stop jinxing us? <laughs> <laughs> no jinxing this time. It, it has officially happened. They, the, the first day of the job happened on Tuesday, and, and that is James Gunn and Peter Safran taking over the reins of the new DC Studios. But that still doesn't mean that they are officially the Feige. They can totally fuck everything up. Yeah, they could fuck everything up. Five times. Yeah, they could fuck everything up. But Feige himself said he will be the first guy in the line to see what they come up with. So, I I mean. Absolutely. Because they have always said there is no rivalry between these. Like, there's a fan rivalry. Right, that dates right. back to the comic books, but there's no rivalry between these studios in the sense no. of like, oh, I can't believe you're just copying us. No. Right, right. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I'm not holding my breath about anything DC does. Well, DC has, has still, like, it's it's weird to me. It, it reminds me very much of what's going on with the CW right now. Mm. Where we've known about this whole deal with Nexstar for months, mm-hmm. what feels like almost a year. And yep. yet, while this is all going on, all of these shows like Winchesters, um, the prequel to Walker, other shows are getting renewed and um, seasons, like uh, approved seasons of television to see if they can be a successful show. But now that the deal has officially happened, everyone's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they would cancel all of these shows that are making no money. Yeah. (laughs) And have barely any viewers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, for for sure. I mean, that, uh, yeah, it's funny that you you don't, it's one of those things, I guess, and maybe it's just because you and I are too close to this stuff that we can't, we, 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 
we recognize the, the business aspect of these shows and realizing like if there were on any other of the traditional networks, they, they most of the stuff on the CW would have been canceled long ago. So, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that is true that um, the news, for example, of this week, uh, Stargirl getting canceled. Mm-hmm. It was really no big surprise to me. Um, given where things stand with that network because and and even jeff johns himself said when it, that and and it's also with the flash um uh with their showrunner also said the same thing all all these showrunners were, were given the heads up hey write your seasons like this could be season sit or series finales right and, and so uh and apparently stargirl apparently filmed two ver two two endings you know d- depending on whether or not the new team was going to to renew it or to or decide to uh end it so uh that happened and then also like you said with the winchesters and some of these other uh the walker spinoff uh they only had their initial 13 run episode and they're not ordering the you know, back order for the second half of a season so yeah, yeah, you know it's you know it's it is what it is. I mean, the next star is coming in, and they they don't want to be sinking money into to into this venture. I mean, they're they're there to make a profit because right. that's what pays the bills. Right, and and my whole comparison with DC is that we're con they're constantly getting the quote unquote new Feige, the quote unquote new Feige, while all of these other projects are still going on, like mm-hmm. they haven't released Flash yet. Um, or Aquaman two. Who mm-hmm. knows what's going on with Wonder Woman three? Did anybody watch the second one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that ended it. Um yeah, yeah. so and you're right. and we're yeah. getting all these casting announcements and now with Spoiler alert, what happens in the um the the after credit scene of Black Adam with Henry Cavill? Like, I'm just I'm just thinking to myself, it's not like James Gunn put these pieces in place. Right. So or maybe he did. Maybe he had a lot of creative control, especially when he was brought on for the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. So maybe. But still, it it seems a bit like, dude, you have to not only finish this game, but start a whole new one that'll like take it to the next level, and also yeah. tell The Rock that he signed up to play a villain. Just yeah, yeah. Him of that. Well, yeah, no, and I think that's, that's Black Adam, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that you know, it, it really is like you. He basically is like the is the coach who has and and Saffron as well, you know, who's going to handle the business side of things, and, and James Gunn is going to handle the creative side. But you are like the coach and GM coming into a situation where uh, you are are inheriting the team like in halfway through a season mm-hmm. to, to a football analogy, mm-hmm. and you just got to just sort of ride this season out with with what you have because for example as we were talking before before we started recording black adam is probably gonna probably barely break even if it breaks even at all 
because right. from this first weekend to a second, it had like a massive drop off. Um, yes, people are excited about Henry Cavill coming back as Superman, but at the same time, you're having people grumble that it's not the Snyderverse Superman because apparently they, they will probably put a different spin on the character, even though it's the same actor, it's going to take it in a different direction. Right. So, so, you know, so yeah. But- See, I'm 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 mad about this whole Superman mess because now he's walking away from The Witcher season mm-hmm. four, and Liam Hemsworth is gonna take over for him as if that's like <laughs> not gonna be the most jarring thing. <laughs> and and there's just something about Henry Cavill in that role, like. I surprisingly, I I think season one is superior than season two. I don't think mm-hmm. we'll have finished season two, everyone. But, um, uh, but I do. There's something about the show with the cast that elevates, and I, I I don't know. I I don't know. Like I was really bummed when I saw that headline, and I'm like, you're you're going back to the soup, <laughs> the soup that took you, yeah, but- like. For it's the 10-year super... sequel in the making? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, true, true. But it's Superman versus, I mean... I get, also... I, get I totally understand. I'm not, yeah. I'm not mad at the choice of, like, I, yeah. I understand it. But as a viewer and what I like to watch, I'd rather see him in The Witcher Season 4 than play Superman. Yeah, true. But, I, but also her other issues i think some of some of the concerns i think that i've heard he had was sort of the direction that the writers were taking the witcher because apparently he he was really a stickler for wanting to stick with the source material and things were Mm -hmm. not going the way that um he he that that he would creatively would have liked for them to go so I think that also played a role into it. And he probably, I mean, given how quick this happened, he maybe he uh, he only had a three season deal because they, they have finished filming season three. Right. And and so, it, and with all these other things happening, it, it was maybe a creatively and financially a good time to just walk away. And, and especially if there were just some creative tensions or also maybe he was just kind of bored and wants to like, you know, have another shot at, at, at Superman. And hopefully maybe with a with new creative energy, this character that he clearly does have a passion for mm-hmm. um, can you know, give him a, a fresh take on this on the on Superman that is maybe more creatively fulfilling for him than playing another season of, of Galt on the, on the Witcher. Right. Um, yeah. And, and speaking about Netflix, I was surprised, but pleased, um, even though you like this series more than I did, but the Sandman did get renewed for a second season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was They're happy about that. Unexpectedly. Like, like, oh, really? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was happy about that news too because I think it, it was took a minute to get going, but 
I I did like I, over overall. I think I did like the the first season, and it would have been a shame given how well that show was adapted from the source material right. um, that it it didn't get uh, further um, opportunities to to flesh that universe out. Yeah, I think if they hadn't renewed it, I would have been fine because it was a very consolidated story. However, the world building that occurred, especially towards the end, it was like, okay, I want to see, I want to see, now that I understand the world and the characters, mm-hmm. I want to see an adventure, you know, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying? I want to, I mm-hmm. want to see like, because I feel as though why that first season was so, I feel so mixed about it. it's just because they did so much exposition and so much world building and there's a whole episode where the main character barely says anything and is naked the whole time. So it's very weird. Um, but I do admit, like, the last, there there are some very smart and creative choices, especially in that last episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> the serial convention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, what are we doing here? What is this talk writing? Um, no, but very pleased about that. Uh, but the the cherry on top for me this week is confirmation about the premiere of The Last of Us on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. It will come out January 15th of next year for a nine-episode run. Thank God, because we've only been one week without House of Dragon. And I'm not saying that this is going to, like, come close to House of Dragon. But over the last year, Will and I often have found ourselves, like, with, like, HBO Max is like, oh, here's this show. And we're like, okay, we will talk about it. Yeah. So, and yeah. I know Titans premiered today on HBO Max. I'm so looking forward to talking about it. But um, I'm just excited because I I feel like it's going to be, it's going to help this lull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do have, well, good thing about it. Yeah, we'll have last, what's that? Was yeah. that the Kermit tweet you put on on Twitter about yeah. Sunday night? I was like, oh, well, what have I done to you? <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am so thankful for at least three more weeks I have have Andor, which I know we'll talk about here here shortly, because that, you know, uh, between House of the Dragon and, and Andor, that, that carried me, carried me through this fall tv season i mean i know i know we'll have doom patrol coming up in december uh mm-hmm. because titans is only titans part one uh does start today and we'll we'll start talking about it next week but um but yeah uh i i'm, I'm looking forward to the last of us i don't you know again i don't know that much about it but when i saw that trailer i i, I was like oh yeah this is this this looks like it's going to be one of those water cooler type shows where uh you know it and it's that it's definitely gonna definitely gonna be something special yep um and before we talk about andor we do have one bit of disney plus news as 
Yaya Abdul-Mantin II has been cast as the lead of the new Wonder Man. And the last time we saw him, or last time I saw him, was in Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, like, Bill, also the Watchmen. The, it was, uh, right. I was, I was like, this guy had a moment, and mm-hmm. then the, watch, the Watchmen ended. And and then Aquaman was Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we haven't seen an Aquaman too. So I now that you brought that up, it's like all coming back to me. Um and you know, you, you know what? Um yeah, yeah. This this is good. Good casting. Yeah. Very curious. It I think despite what we feel about the Disney Plus shows and the quality um i think for the actors they're just like a kid in a candy store and being like oh, oh yeah. you want me you're you're inviting me to the club mm-hmm. yes yes i would like to go shopping <laughs> yeah speaking of which i uh right before we started recording i just happened to see that uh bob odenkirk from uh, better call saul is also rumored to be uh cast as a in a role in, in wonder man as well See, there we go. Yeah. I mean, Breaking Bad actors coming over to the MCU. Yeah. Nothing wrong about that. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Clearly, I'm losing my steam or something's going on. But so we will jump over into Andor. Okay. Okay. Well, I know you're really excited to talk about this. And I actually am too. Um, I was kind of like the other night when we did our Game of Thrones recap, um, <laughs> I was totally on board just talking Game of Thrones, but a lot has been happening with Andor and we haven't had a chance to talk about him and Star Wars in a while. Um, I still really wish this was released all at once. (laughs) (laughs) Or hear me out or hear me out. The first three episodes dropped and we Mm -hmm. all agreed. Thank God they did that because the way those episodes went together, it was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm on board. Like that is one short story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we keep getting short stories, but the week to week of it all is killing me. Um, mm. With that being said, even though I still find it to be a bit slow, like remove the I episode, but a lot of it to be a little a little bit slow. I do appreciate how everything is coming together and connected. The dramatic irony of Deirdre and Cyril looking for Andor while he's already locked up. Like, that isn't lost on me. There's something really fascinating about that. I also think why this show, a lot of viewers are enjoying it. And um, especially in comparison to other Star Wars properties is because Deirdre and Cyril are written so well. Yeah. They are the bad guys. And yet, especially Deirdre, up until this episode, this latest episode with Biggs, you really don't see her do anything that bad. Like, you know, it's just, it's just, she's an office, she's a supervisor, she's doing paperwork, she's investigating crimes, like, we've seen detective movies, like, that's Mm -hmm. what she's doing. She's trying to one-up these stupid superiors who are just ignoring her, 
Um, and and so you're you're kind of rooting for her, and then you, and then they're like, oh, just when you thought you could actually like her, she's gonna torture Biggs. Yeah. <laughs> but technically, she she sets it up, but she wasn't the one who actually put the helmet on her. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. She didn't do the, yeah, she doesn't do the, she doesn't do the dirty work, but she definitely saw it, but she definitely gives the order. Right. And and I like that final moment where she's really trying to talk Biggs into telling her the truth. And for a moment, I honestly was like, oh, Biggs is gonna start talking. And and she was, and she did. And all she said was, You're not gonna believe me, whatever I say. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like, I think Deirdre honestly respected that. She's like, you know what? I'm not. So why waste any more time? Yep. <laughs> like, even if you tell me the truth, I'm not going to believe it yeah. and have to torture you. So let's just cut to the chase. Um, yeah. So, so I really, Deirdre, um, I was a Cyril fan, um, even though he got demoted and we've been watching his journey. Mm-hmm. Um, when, like, one of my favorite scenes is the interrogation between him and Deirdre. <laughs> yeah. It's so, <laughs> it's so, like, I don't know what it is about them, but she is a way out of his league. <laughs> yeah, even, yeah. He's just, he just couldn't believe, like, this isn't what I put in my report, or I've never read this, and it was all wrong, and why doesn't anyone believe me about my boyfriend? Um. And then I like the fact that in this latest episode, um, he is now stalking her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, you know, so speaking of that stalking, because her reaction after, you know, after the, con- the confrontation on the street, mm-hmm. I, you know, you could read it one of, you could, I could, it's one of those weird, like, things where, on the one, you know, she's such a cool, cool customer. I mean, she does nothing, nothing phases her. But she was clearly like flustered after that whole encounter. So was she flustered because they have like this, they have, they have this like, she was flustered because of, of the fact that he stalked her and it was just the, the uncomfortableness of, of that action. Or is it like this, like super secret, like even though ideologically they are compatible, um, is there like some like sexual tension or something between them? Because I I mean, whenever, whenever she was so flustered, I was just like, this, this reaction is very normal you know given what what had just encountered but then at the same time i'm like i wonder if they are going to end up hooking up somehow either professionally or or hate fuck i don't know <laughs> oh i thought you meant like the actors for a moment i was like professionally what is going on no no deidra and 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 cyril or cereal <laughs> And see, that's all we always, that was the other thing too, how he always like slurps his cereal with his mom. <laughs> Wait, so they would hook up professionally? Yeah, I mean, you what know. What do you mean to hook up professionally? Well, like he, she used, she realized their, their, their mutual like obsession over Andor. 
will she finally like be like okay i can use this guy but does she have an obsession over andor or axis i think it's well i think it's axis but you, he has I guess, the obsession of Andor because of what Andor did to him, like right. his association with that. She yeah. has had an obsession. I think her obsession is with Axis, and like she just knows Andor is the key to key get to Axis. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. I, I think that's it. Yeah, and and I think, but I do. I do like how how you're explaining like there's a weird mix of emotions and I think I think that is more authentic than if it was one way or the other because on one hand she is she's a boss mm-hmm. and she she has her day planned out she knows what to expect she like she's constantly surprising her superiors about knowing what's going on um making these connections she's moving up in the world um, and then out of nowhere, this guy comes in and she realizes is stalking her and, and he has this obsession that is linked to her current obsession at work. So, and I think, I think there is a mix of emotions where on one hand, she's like, oh, I'm flattered. Somebody's like really paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. But on the other hand, it's like, this is really creepy. Like yeah. you love Andor, do you love me? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, but I, I, and I guess that's what where I was getting at. Where, where, yeah, that 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 flattery, as you said, I think articulated it perfectly. You know, as she is, because um, someone did notice her, and you know, and she, you know, crawling that climbing that corporate ladder in the ISB. Um, you know, she's had to deal with various glass ceilings and 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 other you know incumbent boobs like you know lieutenant belvin who you know clearly she was the better agent but you know he had more bluster and that kind of stuff and you know peter principal he managed to like fall into to the better job until she proved otherwise but she had to work twice as hard to to show that she was the better you know the, the, the more competent employee mm-hmm. uh, um but uh, yeah, so that you know, that was a sort of you know that 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 dynamic with the stalking, and also you know, again, she, she is so on top of things, like you said, she's as a boss, and you know, for her, for the way that whole scene played out, especially how he talked about how he was, you know, standing there and 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 knowing her every move. I mean, it definitely definitely probably put a big creep factor into her because you know that. It would be an every for anybody and i like and i think that's and i think that's what's so great about this series is that they they have really taken great pains and it's just to to write these characters in a way that they are are, are not two-dimensional and and i think like to your point as you were as we started the andor discussion that that's where you you do all of all of a sudden fall, find yourself rooting for like the the empire personnel because they are very three-dimensional and and have things that you know there's not mustache twirly villains right right i i guess i'm not really rooting for anyone because i still this is a prequel mm-hmm. and so you kind of know where some of the stories are going and and um you're just you're just filling in the gaps so i guess i i think that that's why i'm 
what I'm what I'm surprised by by how interested I am with some of these newer characters, which both Cyril and Deirdre are, of being like, okay, what I'm curious to figure out what happens to them. Mm-hmm. Like this story and on. Are they gonna is is Deirdre gonna get killed by the end of this? Or and and I was thinking about it last night after watching um the episode. I was thinking to myself, I don't think Andor's going to take her out. I don't think it's going to be a rebel. There's something about the way her supervisor said to her, watch her back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she's going to get taken out by the Empire. Yeah, like, I think, it's going to yep. be so stupid and people are going to be pissed about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, heck, it could be her lieutenant because the it guy. For real. You know? <laughs> or it could be surreal or it could be her, her adjutant because yep. he. He is following. He is following a similar pattern where she did too. And again, it is the empire, and 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 everybody. That's the thing. When I say rooting, not necessarily rooting like rah rah. Right, I right. want them to win, but it's more you're rooting for like like you said that 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 good story because it's it's very fascinating to see where where these characters are gonna gonna go and how they get there. Right. Even though we, we, even though globally we know the big picture as far as how everything unfolds, but right. you know, since we're really digging into the how evil the empire is, and the you know, and and seeing the atrocities that they committed, not in the abstract way, like for example, you know, we've seen in other shows, even like in and and you know, Obi Wan. You know, we had the, the hanging on Tatooine, but here, you know, like speaking of Bix, you know, when we're back at Ferrix, I mean, there is a character with Peck who, you know, who we've gotten to know that is that the Empire was like, you know, that agent was like, you know, I really want to hang this guy. And and Dead Ray was like, OK, but we got to keep Bix alive, you know, so it's just like, you know, it's it's putting that extra level to it, especially by with the writing in the show having us care about some of these secondary characters mm-hmm. uh just makes it makes it to me more fascinating a journey uh than than i've seen quite frankly in star wars in in, in well since probably since empire so um right. so and 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 why for me this show has like sort of been you know house of the dragon was 1a and this is like 1b as far as like must watch tv because i'm just both of these shows are just delivered so well with the writing with, with these very complex characters. Right. I, like, like you were saying, just curious about where there, the story goes. Um, I was very surprised when not only did they lock up Andor mm-hmm. or Kref, 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 mm-hmm. um, but he's still in the prison. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, we're still here. <laughs> we're mm-hmm. still here. Um, and the way the there's something about the the writing and the um how do I put this the cadence mm. of the exposition that occurs while you're being introduced to the prison while you're being introduced to the prisoners and the guards that um worked very well um mm-hmm. and now in this latest episode, I don't, I don't know. To me, like I'm thinking to myself, Cassie, didn't you get here like five days ago? Why are you? Are 
I mean, you knew from A1, he was scoping out the place of like, how the heck do I get out of here? Right, <laughs> but, right. but still, I don't, I don't know. I felt like they pressed fast forward on a through um, some emotional things. And I, I don't, I don't know. I, I felt, especially his relationship with the other prisoners. Like I was like, Whoa, when did, when did this friendship occur? What, what's going on here? But then again, I don't think we need to spend a full episode just to get that development either, because that right. was just boring. Um, but I, I, I really have found that I, I like the prison aspect and how we're going to have a prison break. Andy Circus mm-hmm. gets his redemption back on Star Wars in a very unexpected way. Like, nobody knew about this. No, no, yeah. nobody did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hats off to you for finally keeping a secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was one hell of a secret it kept. Because we showed up last week and then, of course with all the, the the theory started happening like is this you know is this they they snoke it was going to you know with uh what's his name kiros i think was he going to become snoke or whatever and going to use that but then this week we realized but really you get more development he was just a company guy like trying to just like look we have the jobs to do it's, you know like you said andrew was already in that place trying to scope things out Hope. And then, and 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 then, you know, Kiro was like, "We we have shifts to manage and keep your head down, do your job." Because because he had hope, mm-hmm. he still had hope that there would be. I just have to get through this, and then I'm free. Yeah. And and I think that the way they structured him. Um, they they did a good job developing him and making him realize in that moment when they talk about what did happen on level two, mm-hmm. like that's all fiction. They mm-hmm. they are never getting out of here. They have yeah. to get out themselves if they ever do, because the empire won't let it because that's how the system is designed. It's mm-hmm. these people and, and Cassian knew straight away. Um, but but I, I appreciate that because f- especially how they introduce everything to the viewer in a way you're you're also like, okay, yeah, we're going to be here for six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> but but there is. And then the more it goes on and you hear about level two, the more it's the reality of it is like, no, 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 no. No, you think you're getting out, but you're really not because the empire and and I didn't think about this, but um and listening to others talk about the show who are much bigger fans of Star Wars in general than I am or will ever will be, I do think that the show does a good job, has done a good job about the rebellion needs not only money, which is a mm-hmm. whole issue that Mon Mothma is facing, but it needs people. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, there's a reason why leaders rise to power. It's because if you can make people content with life and that's just the way it is, then okay. But by Luthen setting off the the arsony ro- um, rob, robbery, um, 
the the empire is suddenly like oh we are way too lax we are gonna buckle down lock up mm. all of these innocent people do this do that and then suddenly people are not content and it's like holy shit i didn't realize where i was like the world i was living in i need to do something about my situation and so it's it's interesting to me how on one hand um he has made the like the world for so many people so much worse but mm -hmm. it's needed in order for people to get mad for people to get angry enough to take on the challenge of overthrowing the empire yeah yeah and i think that was definitely to your point definitely illustrated when mon Motha was speaking to the to the imperial senate um about you know how people you know you know there were the cat calls they were just people were checked out um as far as you know from the political aspect of the, the rot from within the system and the content you know and 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 then but also when you look at in her own family like her husband and daughter and stuff they are very content with with their lives and and you know when they when you know when when, when the aldani robbery did happen you know the reaction not only of the empire to you know with the poor rules but also just a general you know but with this general populace of people like oh what you know it, it wasn't like the sparker rebellion it was more like oh we got to crack down on these people these 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 criminals because they're 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 messing up our our comfortable lives here these are just these are just criminals and they don't they're 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 messing things up and then and you know, and to the the jail point, you you see how you know. I think the title of um, the, the ep episode this week's nobody's listening, mm -hmm. and and you know, and that was um, the prisoners in the in the in the prison. You know, Andy Circus's character was thinking that the the Imperials and other and other folks were thinking like you know, keep your head down because if they start seeing these hand signals and stuff. They're they're gonna like figure out that we're all communicating between these levels and stuff, and it's gonna just you know cause cause a, a even greater crackdown than that, that you know we're all gonna get fried on the bridge, but in reality they they weren't listening, but they had created the illusion of listening and and an illusion of control as far as the empire, and so it's you know it's all these different levels uh, in this society showing how how the empire has has taken control because nobody's listening in the senate as mon Montha is trying to warn them of the dangers that the emperor emperor is doing nobody's listening as far as the comfortable class because like you said everybody's comfortable even though you know and Luthen set this thing you know set the this rebellion off with the with the robbery but um the empire it, you know, just basically tightens the screws on on the populace to to try to regain order, and so you know it, it's just a very I, I love the attention to detail that Tony Gilroy and the, and the writing team has, has done and setting out how how this society is working at this point at the, at the peak of the empire's dominance. Right, definitely.
Yeah. So yeah, speaking of Mon Mothma, um, and and um, I know we got a little bit more more texture about her family and and Vel. I guess Vel's her cousin. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Did not yeah. coming, but it makes sense. Yeah, especially what Senta talked, you know, a few episodes back where she was like talked about she could tell she came from wealth, but who knew that it was like it was Mon Mothma herself. <laughs> I thought she was. Right. I, I, yeah, I thought. I, I thought it was. I, that did. That did catch me by surprise. Cause I thought maybe Luthen was the was her like uncle or something like that. I, I thought that would be the the relationship, but uh, that that was a good little twist that they uh, that they that they put there. Uh, as far as um, and and that, that whole discussion at dinner, like how uh, my mother's husband was like, you know, basically calling her an old maid <laughs> and. And how how he was treating her, um, it's just like you know, again, just how, how many how many more ways can this guy just be just a scumball? Like, get rid of him already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, my last thing that I wanted to mention is I only found out like 20 minutes ago that the actress who plays Belle appeared in Game of Thrones, I think season four or mm. season five. I kind of forget what hap when this happens but for mm. viewers or listeners um it's the season where aria is with the faceless men and the actress who plays bell also played one of the trainees alongside aria and is like the girl with the bowl haircut um mm. so i don't even remember her name i i do remember being like what a bitch <laughs> um but yeah that it wasn't like one of the best storylines that have happened in the um series however but i did find out interesting um any more thoughts on andor before we jump over to the valley um just a couple quick little notes i i speaking of cyril and his uh mother again i love their scenes together especially like whenever she found out he had a, got a promotion <laughs> how she was just bad mouthing him and then uh whenever he's like i got a promotion she's like oh you're all right then you you're a big man on campus and uh you know i just love their uh, anytime the, the cyril and his mother have scenes together uh they're they're always just really really fun to watch and then last, um, just one little, one little like interesting Easter egg callback to you know tying this Star Wars universe together, which was during the uh, torture scene with um, with with Vix when they broke away when when the door closed. Uh, it was the the shot was just like the the torture scene from uh, A New Hope when the little when the Empire um did the same thing to leia um when the door closed and the imperial trooper walks away uh it was a very it was it was like nice you know th th those are the little, little moments that um you know even even though there was not a single laser fired in this episode uh there was definitely like influences from from other um prior live action or ver versions of star wars in, in the show so uh yeah i'd like i said i'm I'm just really really enjoying this i hate there's only like three episodes left because uh this uh after this uh you may be a 
maybe a while before, maybe until January before we get a, another well-written show. <laughs> oh, we do have the Guardians Christmas special. Oh, yes. Yes, we do have the Guardians Christmas special. That's right. That's right. However, I feel like we saw the entire thing in that trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking about references to fran- franchise and nostalgia, geez louise. Okay. Cobra Kai season five. Will made me watch it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did. You're just like, oh, Sarah, I've already watched it. I'm like, damn it. I told, and I also said, no pressure. We can get to it. We can get to it later this yeah. month. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> okay. Um, this this season was better than season four. I agree. I agree. I will say that. I do have a very, like, a very big if- issue with the fact that it took, I think, like, three or four episodes before Johnny and Danny shared any screen time together. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, why do these episodes at the very beginning, why, why do they feel like they're just lagging and... Like, there's no movement, and we're just resolving a lot of loose ends. And then it dawned on me. I'm like, John, wait, huh? Yeah, Johnny yeah. and Danny aren't doing anything together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, the these whole... two have the best screen chem- chemistry of the entire cast. Yeah, they do. And and their rivalry turned into semi-friendship, turned back into, like like, that is it. Who cares about Robbie and Miguel doing mm-hmm. the same thing? Like, it's not the same, okay? Nope. We want that. Um, so I had an issue there. I do greatly appreciate the minimal teenage angst. Mm-hmm. However, you could have reduced it, like, just a bit more. Who cares about Sam going on her journey to find herself? And that scene where Miguel cries, oh, my God, that was some of the worst acting <laughs> from that <laughs> Like and that and at one point he was the best kid actor on the show. I know he's probably not a kid anymore. He's probably like twenty or or more older than that. But still, that was like some really bad acting. So that was LCW level angst uh, <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, when you drop a Rocky Four reference, like I know people are clamoring about the Top Gun thing, and the Top Gun thing was cool. But for me as a cool. kid, I didn't necessarily grow up with Top Gun. Like I watched it when I was a kid, but like there were weekends where TBS would only play Rocky movies, and mm-hmm. I remember watching them every single time. So the moment that Johnny had that reference, I was like, Good God. Yep. So when I think this writing is stupid, they pull some sh- smart nostalgic nostalgic stuff on me, and I'm like, God damn. It. <laughs> it, yeah, 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 and yeah. and Johnny's the star of the show. <laughs> yeah. And that's about it. That those are basically all of my thoughts about Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you. The the Mexico stuff was kind of like well. But the 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 uh, fake car, you know, like with the projection on the in the background, where it was just like, and I and I get where they're coming from. Maybe I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional nostalgia, but like, it, you know, 
with 80 shows and they were clearly in a sound stage and they would have the you know have the the um projection of the street going you know as they're driving a car mm-hmm. and and that was happening when they were in the mexico scenes because clearly they, you know they were just shooting on a back lot in cal in, in, in los angeles those that kind of took me out of it not only that but also just like what's the whole point point of this mexico thing because they it, it was like we gotta we gotta like like you said tie up the loose ends from season four and 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 of course deal with miguel trying to find his father and stuff and of course confirming that what we already knew that his dad indeed was a bad guy and and then they do all that and it also was just a way to sort of force the issue of getting the breaking the ice between um miguel and robbie so i mean it was you know so it was kind of like telegraphing stuff but the thing about this show, and I even joked with you whenever I was starting to watch it, and but it, it still sucks me in for whatever reason. I don't know what it is about it, but I end up just like, I, I rarely like binge things, like really binge things. Before, but this show is the one show that I just get sucked in. And next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I just like watch four episodes. Yeah. Um. I was watching it. Like, let's be honest. I I knocked out the entire thing in one afternoon, but I was definitely like, God, it's continuing. (laughs) (laughs) How many more episodes to left? And, um, like, I I was just spoiled with season one. Season one is a great Mm -hmm. season of television, and I was very surprised by it. But that left me with some expectations. And yeah. and even though I think I, I'm, like, in the minority where season two I actually thought was pretty good as well. But then it just continues to drop. And mm-hmm. like I said at the beginning, I do find this, epi- this season works better than the previous yeah. season as a whole. Um, like, the... It goes back to what we were saying about Andor's where, like, I think I spent a good 10 minutes just talking about the quote-unquote villains. Mm-hmm. This show, the villains are so stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, they're, 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 I, I get it why, like, it's intentionally supposed to be that way. But when Kreese, like, literally walks out of jail, I'm like, there's a line here. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and- I mean, this is yeah, I mean, one of the things we talked about prior seasons, I mean, you, you, the suspension of disbelief is like you just don't even have that. You know, it, it's they they shared shattered that with like these kids going from like not knowing how to fight to like being black belts in like the span of like a week. So right. Right, uh, and which I literally which, breaking Miguel's back, and then within a season he's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I will say one thing I did like a better about this season is that the the fight scenes it seemed like they toned it back a bit. I mean, they were they had them, but it just I don't. I mean, I guess with the whole competition between trying to get to the to the big association. It was it was more in context instead of just the the craziness. I think because it wasn't a season four where they just like basically trashed Larusso's house 
because they had the big like yes. throwdown there. Whereas at least with this season, it, it, it you know even though it was no again, no not, no that was season three. Oh, season three. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because See, they, they all started to run together. Yeah. Is is the uh, oh yeah the all valley yeah. again? Is yeah, that's right. Valley. Yeah. And so season two they ended with the backbreaking. Season three they ended with the house fight, and season four is Owl Valley Part Two. Right. So ended season one with Owl Valley. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it was the All Valley tournament. Yeah, Sam and and Tori were yeah at the end, and that's right. Miguel bailed on it, and yeah, they had all the angst. Right. That's right. So yeah, I mean the, the whole yeah yeah. So, I mean, there is that, and it, it, that piece, uh, it is very tiresome now with uh, uh, the whole love issues between Tori and, and Robbie and Sam and Miguel. Um, I, I could have you know, done a little bit less of that, but, um, you know, it, it, it was, like I said, it was, it was entertaining, mindless entertainment. Um, I thought Terry Silver, um, was well, you know, perp was the mustache twirly villain, and uh, I think you know that. I'm glad that arc ended because um, it, it really had it, it took it as far as they could have taken it. It was hard. You could tell the back end of season two, they season five, they were like, okay, we got to figure out a way to like end this so we can get Crease back <laughs> for his his. Um, return to whatever's left of Cobra Kai, given that it's just when you think it's out, they somehow bring it back in again. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, as long as Danny if Danny Danny and Johnny, I just I just want to see what happens with them and the dynamic. Um Yeah, yeah. Something's gonna have to, yeah, I mean, they can't be but uh, or maybe that'll be the end of the series where they they really do just continue to be buds and oh and, yeah that's totally and, the end of the series yeah and that'll be it but I mean how I guess my point is more how 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 much how much longer can they stretch this out oh as long if I don't I don't know um, <laughs> they just have to figure out a way to get Hillary Swank on the show and then they can end it that's probably all they're thinking about. That, yeah, maybe that'll be season six or season maybe. seven. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, I don't know, season five and a half, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that we both watched over the weekend, um, and it was such a short watch, I loved it, um, was Werewolf by Night on Disney Plus. Um, I remember watching the trailer when they announced this at uh, Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, that's really interesting. And then you were telling me Michael Giacchino is the director. He's mm-hmm. famous for having all of these scores. Um, and so it's the first time we're really seeing like a composer make a directorial debut. Um, so, so I thought that was interesting. And, and I was paying attention to the use of sound. Mm-hmm. in this short story i'm not going to call it a film because it's not long enough and i'm not going to call it a tv show because there's one episode right. um, but it's very much like a short story i still don't really this was like the mcu's halloween special 
Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I mean, they had the whole Marvel special presentation. <laughs> and, and I guess, I mean, like it's it's a it's a it's a like there was they didn't do anything that surprised me. It was pretty well done with the aesthetic that they were going for. I don't have much to say about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I think um, it was, it was good. It was, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, as we were uh, talking beforehand, uh, you know, saved it for Halloween. I figured it was a appropriate uh, thing to do. And, um, you know, it had that old, you know, as I was watching it, I, I did get into it because it did have that old, like, 50 60 monster film vibe um you know i was thinking about like the the, the um yeah, even with the graphics and stuff i mean I, you know between that and you know some of the like things you see on like mystery you know where they poke fun of it now mystery science theater 3000 <laughs> some of those old like films but um yeah i mean it, it told a very straightforward story uh i'm, I'm sure uh, folks who are better versed in the in the Marvel comic and in and the comic book it's based off of could you know talk about all how they you know what all this ties into and, and and whatever but but just as a standalone special presentation it was entertaining and uh, I you know I do you know I think it shows the the versatility of the MCU because they have started to step into uh, horror and and some of these things with you know obviously with Doctor Strange, um and and the occult and in the dark arts so and um I enjoyed it I mean like yeah you're right I mean it was you know Gene Connor did a great job as far as um directing it um and you know I guess you know where we had another horror or tour you know film. John Carpenter back in the day doing you know composer director deal so um it was I I, I really enjoyed it and uh, you know I guess Marvel's gonna have these little special features and will they tie into the larger MCU we'll see but um but but like I said earlier I think they 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 show they can this was one st- stepping into another genre where I thought they did it they actually did a good job of it Definitely. And on that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Will and Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at S J Melmont S J B E L M O N T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. And visit our website www.sceneandnerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. 